Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, an award-winning show dedicated to helping contractors generate more revenue, employ more people, and serve more customers. Powered by Rival Digital. Tune in each week to learn how other business owners and industry professionals across the country are staying ahead of the curve in an ever-changing business landscape. So, are you ready to dominate your marketing, get a grip on your operations, and build the business you've always dreamed of? Join your host, Eric Thomas, and get a fresh perspective on what it takes to create a world-class contracting business. The best idea wins. Now, here's Eric Thomas. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, where we believe the best idea wins. And we're here to help you generate lots of good ideas. And to do so, we have to bring on smart people like my new friend, John Schulter, here uh, to kind of see what they got going on, see their experience and kind of how they've grown their business uh, to help you grow your business. So, John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Really yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. John, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners out there. Uh, tell them a little bit about yourself where you're from, who you work for, and uh, your experience, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so uh, my name is John Schulter. I am from New Jersey. Um, started doing marketing and HVAC for a pretty long time. Uh, I've, I've been doing it since I was probably seven or eight years old. I've been in the trades. Uh, in New Jersey, uh, my, my brother had his own plumbing business, and then he adopted HVAC. And, um, you know, really did a little bit of everything there. Uh, I started out just as a helper and I was helping the guys just, you know, get getting them their tools, uh, you know, carrying the equipment off, picking up equipment, things like that. Uh, and I just did it just to earn some extra money on the side and, and you know, just help out my brother, hang out with him and, and the guys, you know, be, be a part of something, you know, just helping out. And then I was, uh, while I was doing that, I was uh, going to college. Uh, this was after high school. I went to college to do communications. Uh, I did video and TV production, uh, studied that, and then um, moved to Washington, D.C., where I was a video producer. So I worked at the, the Capitol, the White House, when Obama was uh, in office. And that was a really great time, um, but it was a pretty labor intensive. So uh, I, I, I hurt myself and then uh, I had to get surgery. And then I went back to my brother's company. And by that time he was doing HVAC and uh, really, really building it. And then uh, I, I was more on the marketing side of things. So I was learning about marketing, learning about SEO, ads, uh, digital, you know, digital, uh, uh, website creation, all that stuff. I was learning it and he made me the marketing manager of the company. And I was doing that for a few years. He decided to sell his business and move to Florida where it was sunny every day instead of cold <laughs> in the winter. And, uh, you know, I decided to help him do that. And I was more of the business development side of things. That's where I learned a lot of business development. And then he sold his business. And then I moved to uh, another business in New Jersey. And he moved here to Florida. Uh, and I worked there for a little bit. And then I decided to make the leap and, and come to Florida. 
And now I'm with a, a really great uh, company. They're called Paradise Plumbing and Air Conditioning, located in Fort Lauderdale. And we serve a lot of Broward County and Palm Beach and go down a little bit to the Miami area. And uh, it's been a really great experience. Um, you know, when I first moved here, I worked for a pool contracting company doing marketing. Then I worked for a, a pretty big air conditioning company uh, in, in South Florida. So I learned a lot there. And I think all of those experiences, uh, working with all those different companies from big to small to midsize really prepared me for what I'm doing now is, uh, you know, marketing and business development for the company uh, that I'm with now. It's a great company and, and, and really uh, we've been growing really well and uh, looking forward to 2023. Yeah. So for those listening, uh, right now we're live at the uh, Service Titan Marketing Pro, uh, Marketing for the Trade Summit. And something that we've been talking about this morning is, you know, what's working in New Jersey might not work in Fort Lauderdale uh, because, you know, demographics are different. The way people engage with content is different. The weather's different. Uh, what are some of those differences that you noticed between doing marketing and biz dev in New Jersey versus Florida? So there's a lot of differences. Uh, the equipment is very different. Uh, you know, in New Jersey, they're concerned, uh, concerned with air conditioning and furnace. You don't really have that in Florida. <laughs> they're not really concerned with uh, minus 20, you know, minus 10 degree weather or what have you. Uh, so, the equipment is, is definitely different. The average ticket sale is very different. Up there, it's a lot more expensive. And it's because they're getting a whole $20,000 air conditioning system with furnace, uh, you know, all that if they want, you know, two-stage or variable speed or anything like that. You know, it, it's a very high ticket sale. Uh, here uh, in in Florida, it's it's different because it seems like they don't want to spend as much money as as that high ticket sale. And I guess, too, it kind of cha everything changes with the times. Right. So, you know, financing is just a huge factor here right now. I'm sure all across the nation, it's a huge factor uh, for the company that I'm with now. It's a huge factor. And um, yeah, I mean, and, and besides that, uh, you know. Definitely differences in, uh, you know, distributors and, and who we're selling and not selling and different things like that. So, uh, yeah, I would say those are the biggest differences. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to hit on is, is marketing, obviously, because that's what you do. Um, that's what I do. And that's what we're, you know, we're here for right now. You know, so speaking of marketing, like what are some of the things that have really just been the best driver of lead generation and new business opportunities for paradise? I would say Google, um, specifically the LSA uh, ads that run on the top. It's really taking over. I feel like the, um, I feel like it's, it's taking over pay-per-click. Pay-per-click is becoming not as big as a factor because of, you know, you see how high those ads are located on a web page as opposed to the pay-per-click where you have to scroll down a little bit more to see those. Um, and just paying per lead is a lot more cost effective than paying for pay-per-click because yeah. you're paying for all those clicks. You're not doing that with LSA. Yeah. Well, in Google, you know, 
they're in the business of making money and collecting data. That's what they want. Yeah. Um, and they want product usage. They want people on Google using their products. And if they can get money from advertisers, get data from the, the user and keep you in their ecosystem all in one place. And it's, I mean, it's a slam dunk for them. So that's why, you know, obviously they've put LSA at the very top for a reason. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to LSA, there's like, it just seems like a never ending debate online about what's the best way to manage it. How do you get LSA to actually work? What are some ways or some strategies that you've implemented with LSA to kind of keep your listing, uh, if you will, in the top three? I would say the strongest thing is reviews. Your online reputation just means so much right now. I feel like it's almost more important than a neighborhood review because there's so many people looking at that. And then even when you get a referral from your next door neighbor, you're still running to that computer to see if they have really good reviews, if they have a 4.8, 4.9. And you want to, you know, so I was taught that you, you shouldn't really have a 5.0 rating because then it just looks like you're manufactured your reviews. You know what I mean? So there's always something that is, you know, that can be fixed and or changed. But I would say we have a really strong reputation online. Um, You know, and we're a good business, but the, the reviews by customers leaving their feedback, so many people are just reading that right now. I think that's a huge key factor. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the reviews section. And we were talking about this during one of the, um, you know, one of the little mini breakout sessions earlier when we were, you know, implementing, uh, we were talking about reviews and reputation management and all that stuff. And uh, there's a statistic online that the average user is going to read at least seven reviews before making a buying decision on a company. And so, yeah, having good reviews is great. And I'm, I'm with you. Like, me personally, if I see a perfect 5.0 rating, I don't believe it. But if I see like, all right, let's say that there's one with 95 reviews, five-star rating. And then I see one that's 380 reviews, but a 4.7. I'm going to call that 4.7 company because I'm like, oh, they have more reviews. And this, you know, this one that has less than 100 and the perfect 5.0, they probably just bought them. Right. Um and so I, you know, I, I hear contractors are like, I got a perfect five star rating. I'm like, that's great. I'm sure they're real. Don't go screw something up, but maybe find a way to get a four star review. And, yeah. and so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I got a, a perfect four star or five star uh, rating on Google, have one of your team members just go leave like a four star review with no bad context, but yeah. just, you know, great company to work for or great, you know, whatever. And um, I, I even hate to recommend dragging it down a little bit, but that 5.0 is very unbelievable these days. Yeah, yeah. And what I do is, too, if we do get a bad review, because sometimes they do happen, you got to call the customer, you know, right away. Yeah. Try to figure out a solution. Hey, what can we do for you to change this situation, change the rating? And sometimes I'll call customers who left a one or two star review and I'll tell them, hey, can you change it to just a three star review? You know, yeah. and, and just just put in there, hey, the manager, John, spoke with you. Uh, you really appreciated what our conversation was like. And that goes a long way with people reading that, because then when people read that, they're like, oh, wow, this company really cares. They're going to reach out to me if I have a bad experience. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's great advice. And when, whenever we get asked by 
a client or a contractor, they always will say like, hey, can you help us get this review offline? And my response is always, no, I can't, but you can get it offline because yeah. like, I'm not calling the customer for you. You know, I, you know, we can respond and say, sorry to hear that someone will be in touch with you. But my advice for, you know, for the bad reviews is get that off, get the conversation offline as quickly as possible. Too many people will get into the review and the comment section, um, not the comment section, the response. And yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll start standing up for their company, which is, I mean, I get it. We all get it. It's, this is your livelihood. Um, but then you get into this pissing match with the customer and then they go and edit their review to like respond to you. Then you go and edit your response to respond to them. And now you're arguing over this. So my advice yeah. is get that conversation offline as quickly as possible. And if they can't remove it, at least get them to change it. Like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And another b- good way to, to take that out is get more five-star reviews <laughs> yeah. so that you push that bad review to the bottom, to the bottom. And then when they're scrolling, see a whole bunch of five-star reviews, but they're not going to scroll like 30 reviews down. And, and you know, you, you, you want to make sure that 10 to 15 reviews, the present reviews are five-star reviews. Yeah. So what are some ways that you all have incentivized technicians to generate more reviews for the company? Uh, so what we do is we made these like index cards with a QR code. And basically we incentivize technicians, Hey, give these to your customers, ask them to leave a review right on the spot and we'll give you, you know, a spiff or something like that, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Hey, you know, if you get a certain amount of reviews per month, Hey, the company will take you out to dinner or something, you know, just something like that really drives the technicians to get those customers to leave the reviews. Cause it's just so important for the business. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I usually like to say in every meeting, it's just so important right now for you guys to, to get those reviews because we want to make you busy. The only way that you're going to be busy is when people are reading that feedback and making the call and decide to choose us instead of that other small vendor or what have you. Yeah. So what has been some of the result of those, uh, of the QR code idea? Yeah, we saw a pretty big, uh, substantial increase in the reviews and a lot of reviews mentioning the technician's name and their service and, you know, just a description of what they did. And it really goes a long way. I mean, it definitely improved, uh, you, you know, our uh, review gathering and it just makes the technician feel good too. You know, when their name is on a review, the owner reads it out loud and, yeah. you know, when he reads it out loud and then he's talking about a technician, everybody starts clapping like, yeah, good job. And yeah. it just like boosts up the morale of the company. And it's just, yeah. it's just a, it's great experience. Yeah. All right. Here's, here's a, uh, a question that I, I didn't plan on asking, but this is a question that I get asked a lot. And that is, where do you go to generate your QR codes? Because there's, I know there's free tools online, but I'm always getting asked, hey, Eric, can you make me a QR code? So where do you go? Where did you, where did you go online? I, I just went online. I typed in QR code generator <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And I just made it and you can customize it to your colors of the company, you know, we, we were like teal and pink. Yeah. And so we, we customize those colors on the QR codes. We add a little Google logo and everything like that. And, and uh, you know, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Well, John, I really appreciate you joining me uh, on this abbreviated version of the smart HVAC marketing podcast. Uh, where can our listeners go online to find out more about your company and kind of see what you guys are up to? Yeah. Uh, you could go to www.com paradise 
sfl.com. That's our website. Uh, you can type in Paradise Plumbing and Air Conditioning on Google. We're located in Fort Lauderdale, South Florida. And we would love for you guys to call us and hopefully we can help you out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. We've got another recording coming up back to back here. Um, So you're going to hear again from us very shortly. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the smart HVAC marketing podcast powered by rival digital helping business owners and industry professionals across the country stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing business landscape. We hope you learned something from this week's episode. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast.